Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is, at Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Beto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for spending this one hour with me. We're going to have a good show. We're going to be talking about health care and what the draconian bill that has been passed by the Republican Congress and what we can do about it. <clears throat> well, you know, it's really not law yet. In fact, it, it's not even close to being the law. And what we have to do, happy Saturday to you too as well, Christy uh, Cahill, and Mary Flynn, hello as well. What we intend to do, folks, is, uh, you know, you've been hearing the phrase resist, you've been hearing all the phrases as far as what do we do to counteract this evil that has been set upon the American citizenry with the passage of this type of a bill, the AHCA. And yes, we're going to be talking a whole lot about that for the next few weeks. And you know why we're going to talk about that for the next few weeks? Because we need to make sure. Let me, let me first give a little, before I really get into the program or anything like that, let, let's, let you understand how the Republican orthodoxy work, right? The idea is they've constantly and all of the times they've continuously passed laws that's anathema to the well-being of the average American citizen. Again, that's a fact. They've consistently passed laws that's anathema to the well-being of the average American citizen, but somehow... They, had, they, they don't seem to pay the penalty for those votes. After all, they control most state legislatures. After all, they control most governorships. After all, they control the presidency. They control the House of Representatives. They control the Senate. What gives? What, what Americans don't understand is something that many, uh, many folks that consider themselves on the oppressed side have known for a very long time. And that is, many times we are our own worst enemies. When I say we are our own worst enemies, that is exactly what I mean. We are generally our own worst enemies. How is that the case? Well, let's give an example of this particular. It's a bit deeper than gerrymandering, Jim Fritz, and let me tell you why. Uh, Senate races are not gerrymandered because every senator runs in his entire state. So therefore... Gerrymander doesn't play a part in neither governorships. Gerrymander don't place in in um, the Senate or anything else. So we can talk about the House of Representatives being gerrymandered, but we can't talk about the Senate being gerrymandered. We can't talk about the legislatures. Well, legislatures, some of them, yes. We can't talk about governorships being gerrymandered because these people have to fight for statewide offices, which uh, may something that, that, that's not even, that you can't talk about in that realm again, because why? Gerrymander doesn't play a part in it. We, we have to look at a deeper problem that is, that is afflicting the country right now, why we continuously elect these people that we know aren't good for us. And it's not that we're electing people that we know are not good for us, it's that those of us uh, who know better a lot of times simply sit back and, and throw our hands up in the air. What I call it is the shackled mind. You know, um, when slavery was over, uh, it was hard for some of the folks who were slaves to actually go out there and, and become themselves and, and, and move on as an independent person because they didn't have the wherewithal to do that. They, they, it wasn't a part of their modus operandi at that point in time. And the same thing happened to a ver- average American citizen right now. The average, the average American citizen is in slavery. And it's hard to say that, that this is not a racial slavery. This is, this is a mental slavery. The vast majority of Americans right now are in shackles. Their minds are in shackles. 
And what do I mean by their minds are in shackles? It means that they don't believe they have the worth, the self-worth that is necessary to go out there and say, no, we will not have that. You see, if you take a look at the way Republicans uh, rule, they rule just like the masters ruled during the slavery time. They rule just like the masters did during the, the Industrial Revolution. There is a sect in command and everybody just follows. You have the company, you either have the plantation or you have the company, um, the company commissary or in the cup company housing and everything is dependent on that masters. It didn't only take you to be a slave to understand that, but to be a company worker, to understand that you were just a cog in the wheel and you had not much, you didn't have much that mattered to anybody else. And that is how and what they want you to feel. So when they ran these things through, when they come out and they effect these laws and then they come out and they sing about it, they, they give you the impression that you have no control. You cannot control your own destiny. You're just going to have to take it. And it's not take it or leave it. You're just going to have to take it. And that is what, that is what we as American citizens have to fight against. We have to fight against that, that feeling that we cannot solve the problem. We have to fight against that feeling that somehow we don't make a difference. We have to fight against all these issues. And it is not easy because, again, every time it seems like we come this close, somehow something happens that makes us believe we are not worthy. So one of the first things that I like to do as a, as a radio host, as an activist, etc., is before we even talk about policies, before we even talk about all these specific issues, I try to say, let us get our own minds, our own psyche straight. We have to do that. We have to let folks realize that, no, they can make a difference. And to sit down with it being apathetic, just saying things are not going to change, is self-fulfilling. That is just saying things are not going to change because we ensure that they're not going to change. So my goal, first and foremost, before ever even talking about specific, specific policies, is to say, folks, get up, look in the mirror, and tell yourself that you can actually make a difference, that you can actually do what is right, that you can actually take control of your own government because you know what? It is your government. It is not theirs. It is not theirs to lie. It is not theirs to control. It is up to you. And you are the one that's going to decide whether or not we survive as a country, as a country that is more, uh, as a country that is empathetic to us all, not empathetic to just the few, not empathetic to just the wealthy. Because right now, what we just saw, the evil that we just saw with this bill, was, it was, and the hurtful part about this bill is it gave conservatives the feeling that they got something that they wanted not realizing themselves what the bill was or what the bill is. The bill is not a health care bill. The bill is a tax cut bill for a specific reason. When Donald Trump said he needed to pass health care before he could work on tax reform, and he doesn't mean tax reform, again, he means tax cuts, he meant that in order to give the, the, the deep, deep, tax cuts that he's talking about, the, tax, the biggest tax cut America has ever seen, in order to give the biggest tax cut America has ever seen, it means that Donald Trump and the Republicans who will help pass that bill had to kill a lot of Americans. They would have to murder a whole lot of Americans. And how do I mean murder Americans? I mean implied, implicit murder. And what is that? By taking folks away, by taking folks' health care away, by making it more difficult for folks to take, get health care, by removing the protections that have been killing Americans for decades. Things like your insurance no uh, rescissions, meaning your, your insurance company can say, well, there is now a cap. If you have over $750,000 in health care charges, bye-bye, we pay no more. It's legal, it's legal under the new bill. If we decide to say, wait a minute, 
even though we gave you insurance and you've been paying insurance for several months, you see that cancer that you've got in your, uh, in your left breast? We think that that was there before you bought the policy. Oops, pre-existing condition, not covered. Folks, folks. This is serious. This is your health. You have a family. You have, you have family, friends, neighbors, and all the like that this will affect directly. You have friends, neighbors. It is up to you to ensure that the resistance continue. Not just the resistance for the sake of resistance, but the other thing that we have to ensure is we have to take names of every single Republican who has voted for this bill. Note, no Democrat was crazy enough to vote for the bill. None. Zero. Zilch. And it must be maintained. Any Democrat who votes for anything close to assisting the pilfer of the American citizen and the death of other Americans by, by having them denied health care, they will be primaried and that we will work completely against them to ensure they never see the light of a political office again, ever. And that's a fact. With regards, to, with regards now to simply solving this problem, Ledo, uh, no, no, it's not incendiary rhetoric, Ledo. This is not a Republican or Democratic person's rhetoric at all. This is an American citizen rhetoric. The, the, the Republican leadership has betrayed America. I have no intent on making nice with the Republican leadership who know exactly what they did. The average Republican sitting down here in Kingwood or elsewhere, they do not understand because they've not read the bill. The draconian nature of this bill, they don't. So I am not against the Trump voter. I'm not against my Republican neighbors. I'm not against my Trump voting neighbor. I'm telling them that we're going after those people they voted in. And the reason we're going after those people they voted in is because they have committed an evil. Just like somebody who is driving a car drunk when he, 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 on, when he goes ahead and he kills or she kills Somebody with that car, that is involuntary manslaughter. What Republican leadership, the Republican leadership has done with this law is not involuntary manslaughter. It is murder. And the reason it is murder is because they know that the passage of this bill will kill. They know that. And in fact, there was something that was brought up to me on, uh, by John on my KPFT show, which stated, and I didn't, I didn't know that at the time, I didn't realize it at the time, he informed me that when the CBO scored the, the plan, the reason Social Security costs dropped, the reason Social Security costs dropped is that within their equation, it was clear that more people would die and because more people would die, Social Security costs would go down. Now, when that congressman from, uh, from Florida said, the Republican plan says the following, if you get sick, die. Die quickly. These are not just explosive, irresponsible statements. These are statements of fact. And if you're a human being with morals, if you're a human being who cares about other human beings, if you're a human being who wants to make a difference, if you're a human being, Republican, Democratic, uh, anarchist, conservative, liberal, I don't care what you are. If you support this bill or you support what the effects of this bill will be, then you're just as immoral as those people who wrote the bill. You're just as immoral as those people who signed the bill to give the oligarch in chief, to give the oligarch in chief a win where they could have all these folks on the, 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 in the Rose Garden 
backslapping their success for cutting taxes and killing their, their, their fellow Americans. And that is what this is. The murder of their fellow Americans in process. And don't think that it, it will only occur if the bill passes. Right now, because of the uncertainty created by the evil of Trump, Ryan, and his clan, many insurance companies now are concerned. They're concerned that, oh, my God, this stuff is in flux. We cannot make any money. I don't think they should be making any money in the first place. I believe in single-payer health care, which is the only logical thing. And it seems like our president, when caught in smooth talk, realizes as well that, guess what? Single-payer health care is where we should be. Single-payer health care is where we should be. Even your president for the Trump supporter said that. <clears throat> I'll read that uh, blog a little bit later, but I, 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 I think it's important, folks, for us to understand what's going on here. It's very important. Okay, it's, it's superbly important that we get what's going on here. So, like I said, my, my initial, my first goal is first to work on our minds, all of our minds. By working on our minds, I mean ensuring that we understand. And folks, if you're watching this, please remember to share these videos. We need to get, we need to get other people involved. We need to let people know the truth. We need to let people know that we are, we are in the process of unshackling the minds of everybody. Because right now, many Americans are in slavery. I mean, uh, chains are one type of slavery. But my God, mental slavery is so much deeper. Having our minds enslaved is so much deeper. It's so much worse. It's so, it's, it's because you know what? It is something that they all used against us. It is something that they used against us. It's something that they used to ensure we vote against our own interests. So let's be clear. Let's be 100% clear. Going forward, we are in the emancipation proclamation of every single American. And this isn't a race thing. This is a mind thing. Because the vast majority of Americans right now are enslaved. The, the vast majority of Americans are slaves. The only difference between the slaves of today and the slaves of the 1800s is that those that were slaves in the 1800s knew it. They had the marks, the scars, the chains, the whips. They had all of that. We don't need that today. Because we are sophisticated, our masters are now sophisticated. It's the slavery here. The slavery that would have you believe you cannot do anything. The slavery that would have you believe that those guys, those marketers, those politicians, those economists, those Wall Street guys, somehow know more so than you do, somehow deserve to have what they have more so than you do. I'm here to tell you that is not the case. You are more worthy than all of them combined. You are more worthy than all of them combined. It is time for you to assert your worth. Again, it is time for you to assert your worth. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Once you have that confidence in what you know and who you are, it is easy then to not let the charlatans, the evil beings that created this AHCA, this draconian murdering bill. Once you know who you are, you can go out there and stand up and fight it. You can also stand up with anybody who is there to try to make you believe that you simply don't understand this bill is really good, even though they haven't read it or really understand the, the repercussions of this. Yes, Tegwin Green, you are worthy. Remember that. 
you will be able to go out there. Once you take it, your command of your own mind, there's nothing any one of these guys can tell you to fool you into believing, to fool you into believing that somehow, that somehow this is good for you. Folks, it is important that we do not just curl up in a ball. Now that Trump care has passed the House of Representatives, it is time for us to redouble our efforts and put the fear of the electorate into the Republican politicians until they kill the AHCA. We will kill the AHCA and, and we will vote them out of office. They've already cooked their goose. So no matter what they do going forward, there are dead men and a few women walking as far as their political careers are concerned. And it is supposed to be our ultimate goal to know who they are and to know which districts we go in to eliminate them from our body politic, period. Every single one of those people who voted for this bill must be a target. I don't care how red the district is. Maybe if it's too red, you find a progressive Republican that can take your place if for some reason no Democrat steps up. But they must all be gone because what this proves is they're immoral, they're immoral, and they're murderous. They care not about the lives of their citizenry. All they care about is being able to run their ideologically mis- their ideological missteps and nothing more. Anyhow, folks, blog of the week is kind of interesting for today. And the reason why I, I kind of chose this particular blog, and John, I'm going to be coming to you in a second. The reason I kind of chose this blog in particular <laughs> was um, because it's about Trump and what he thinks. You know, um, the inconsistency of this guy is just amazing. Yes, we will call her Senator's Daily, uh, Chris Cahill. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to do that. So let's see what time it is. We know what time it is. It's time for the weekly blog post. Okay, folks. The title of the blog post is Bernie Sanders Cracks Up as Trump praises Australian healthcare after his evil bill. It's amazing. This is funny, but anyhow, here it goes. Bernie Sanders laughed at Trump's ignorance for not realizing his evil AHCA bill is anathema to something that works, Australia's universal healthcare. Trump said the following in the video clip. It's good. It's a very good bill right now, Donald Trump said in a press conference with Australian Prime Minister Mark Malcolm Turnbull. Premiums are going to come down very substantially. Deductibles are going to come down. It is going to be a fantastic health care. Right now, Obamacare is failing. Hmm. Trump then turned to Turnbull, the Prime Minister, the Australian Prime Minister, and said the following. We have a failing health care, Trump said to the Australian Prime Minister. I shouldn't say this to our great gentleman and my friend from Australia because you have better health care than we do. Oh, really? And that is the only truthful statement Donald Trump said in that diatribe. Australia has a much better system than ours. They have real universal health care. Everyone, not some, not a few, everyone. Is covered after watching the clip. And by the way, look it up. I linked to the Wikipedia article on how the uh, Australian healthcare system really works, and it's pretty cool, man. Check it out. And we, the supposedly number one capitalist country in the world, somehow can't get it together. And Australia, a very capitalist, democratic country as well. Oh, they found a way to do it, but we now. We are the ones that are willing to enslave our people 
so that they can't get the appropriate health care. I just find it amazing. <clears throat> After watching the clip, both Bernie Sanders and Chris Hayes laughed most uncontrollably. Wait a minute, Chris Sanders said. The president has just said it. That's great. Let's take a look at the Australian healthcare system. Maybe let's take a look at the Canadian healthcare system or systems throughout Europe. Thank you, Mr. President. Let us move to a Medicare for all system. That does not, or that does what every other major country on earth does to guarantee healthcare to all people at a fraction of the cost per capita that we spend. Thank you, Mr. President. We will quote you on the floor of the Senate. Later on, Sanders said our political jobs is to rally the American people to work with nurses, doctors, and hospitals who will, who will be slammed by Trump care. Folks, we resist. The telephone number is 646-929-2495. Again, that telephone number is 646 929 2495 and our regular caller is here. Come on in, my dear friend John. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Despite the the horrible bill that passed, uh, I'm still good. Uh trying to like you said excellent opening, you know, trying to fight it all the way. Uh third day in a row talking to you. It's very good. <laughs> so uh we got to we got to yeah. get people activated, John. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so one thing I want to I want to start with is you know, something I didn't talk about in the last couple of days uh, was the the healthcare uh, the risk pools, and we've talked about right. risk pools for many years, back going back I think to to 2013, and uh, so there was an article. Uh, that, that Kathy McMorris Rogers uh, wrote, who's one of the leaders of the uh, the House, uh, the only right. female uh, person who's in the House. She wrote a, an article, and uh, in the Washington Post, basically saying uh, that that it would still protect people with with pre-existing conditions, which is which is not true. Uh, because of the waivers that states can get, we really don't know what's going to happen. But if they do get a waiver, then basically the the essential coverage uh, that I mentioned on the show on Thursday, uh, you know, those those wouldn't be in in effect. So let let me just talk about the the risk pools. The, uh, so let me let me just go from here. It says high risk pools just don't work. Richard Figueroa, who was the enrollment director of California's high risk pool, told the Los Angeles Times. He says he still shudders remembering some of the calls he had to field. Uh, they were desperate callers pleading to get off the waiting list as their cancer and other uh, illnesses worsened, he told the Times. And the most retching were the quiet, polite calls from those who received the letter saying that a sick relative could finally get on the plan, they would say, thank you, but you can give our slot to someone else because my wife or my brother or my daughter has died, Figueroa recalled. And things are no better in Ms. McMorris Rogers' home state of Washington, where more than 80% of the people referred to the state's high-risk pool never got health insurance, according to Mark Greidler, the state's insurance commissioner, speaking to the New York Times. So, I mean, I think that that just describes it pretty well. I mean, these high-risk pools are junk insurance. And so, in fact, you know, I've been reading some articles saying, you know, how many people, with when CBO scores this, are they going to put on their, uh, you know, how many people are not going to be covered? We know that the last bill, it was $24 million over, I think, a 10-year period, $14 million right uh, whenever they pass it the next year aren't going to be covered. And so, I mean, you know, it's just really sickening, like you said, that, that people would would pass such a bill. I mean, I, I just – you know, I it, it I mean, I do understand it because I deeply understand, you know, how much greed has taken over uh, the people in the Republican Party, and you know, essentially they're just 
you know, puppets to their masters, like you speak about all the time, you know, who are the, the Koch brothers and all their high-dollar donors. But, I mean, this bill is is just so extreme that it, it is still a little bit shocking, even to me, and it's also a little bit shocking that, that the bill actually passed, you know, because uh, I really wasn't expecting. In fact, I called in on Sam Cedar, and I, I you know, I, I, I did talk about it. And I was after the Lord, after it, I said, well, you know, why did I mention that? You know, because everybody says it's not going to pass, and then you know, two days later, it did pass. And so, you know, I, it's just, it, it is shocking, and that's that's the thing that's the most scary about it because you, you know you think well these so-called moderates will never vote for this, but a lot of them did. A lot of them did walk the plank, and a lot of them are going to lose you know their con- congressional position because of this. But that's only going to happen if we come out and protest and actually come out to vote. So that's that's extremely important. Let me tell you my fear, and I want the listeners to hear this intently. The way this bill is written, a lot of these things won't occur immediately, and you can rest assured that they're not going to, that, you know, Obamacare is going to be in effect in 2018, okay? Uh, Even if this bill goes through somehow in August or September or whatever, uh, the way they wind this stuff down will, will be an attempt to not have it affect the 2018 election, okay? Uh, so we are going. What we have to do as a citizenry, as an informed citizenry, is we have to get as caustic as possible in the description of what would go forward if we continue to elect these guys. We have to let it be known that we understand, folks, that you're not going to yet feel the pain because there is a calculated effort to ensure that you don't feel the pain yet. But, but. Within, the, within the, the, the language itself, that pain is coming. Do you want to wait on that pain when it's too late before you can actually effect change again, or do you, want it to stop it, do you want to stop it cold? The other thing that we have to be uh, cognizant about is, and I think you've spoken about that as well, and many others have as well, is that there, the way the, AA, the ACA, Obamacare, was written, Obamacare was written to be very, uh, to, to give a lot of flexibility to the executive. The executive uh, got the executive, meaning the president and his cabinet, uh, his HHS secretary, had a lot of leeway, and that cuts two ways, right? It, 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 it helps if you have an intransigent Congress to have an HCA, uh, Obamacare written so that Obamacare and his cabinet can can have it run smoothly. The problem is when you no longer have a progressive president. You have a, 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 a man toy, a man child like Trump, who can pretty much sabotage legally the, the Affordable Care Act simply because, again, that leeway was given within the uh, within the, um, the the doc, within the text of the, the statutes. So we ought, we have to be very careful going forward that we are watching Trump as well. Trump and uh, what's the name of the, uh, uh, the, the uh, HHS director? Tom Price. Tom Price. We have to be watching Trump and Tom Price. And immediately as prices rise, rise in the next few months, we need to ensure that blame goes immediately to Trump and Price. It is imperative that we don't just sit back there and think, oh my God, well, Obamacare must really be failing. Obamacare will fail if these guys push the buttons necessary to sabotage the current state of Obamacare. It is important that we don't lay up. It is important that we have those messages out there. It's important that we start those messages now. Right now, the Trump administration, right now, Tom Price, the HHS director, is in the process of sabotaging the Obamacare. Go ahead, John. 
Well, yeah, I mean, Trump actually tweeted this this morning, you know, uh, and he's he's tweeted this and made comments about this, how he he actually did it on Dickerson's show on Sunday, that Obamacare is dead. So, I mean, he's taken the political position that he's going to kill this. If, if they can't pass a bill, that he's going to kill this. You know, is in, you know, I, I said this on your show yesterday about the, you know, the, the company uh, Medica, uh, who's, who's in Iowa, and they're going to, you know, they're in 94 out of 99 uh, counties, and they're saying we got to have some kind of stability for next year's. Uh, insurance market and you know it's 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 funny because you know you see kevin mccarthy and you see all these other people and they're using this as is an saying this is an example why it's failing but i mean what they're doing is they're not providing for stability and it's very funny because it's a complete contradiction of republican mantras their mantra is in the business community is we've got to have stability We've got to have, uh, you know, we got to know what's going to happen so we can make decisions. And if there's not stability, if there's, you know, then we we can't make business decisions. And there, and Trump is doing just the opposite. And you know, it, it's funny because that that's Trump's whole mantra is that you know he, you know, he doesn't believe in expertise. One thing, and that's why you know he's floundering on on so many uh, different issues. Uh, and you know he also doesn't believe in predictability. He wants to be unpredictable, which is you know absolutely ridiculous. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying you should have an open mind to where you know you can you can say okay, I have these strong beliefs, but I I got new information now, and maybe I can change my mind. I'm, I'm open-minded enough to saying yeah with this new information I can change my mind but i mean that's not the way trump thinks you know <laughs> trump is just you know i want to be unpredictable because he in his you know previous life as a businessman he felt that that was a key he's not taking into a, a, account like as the president of the united states it's not good to be unpredictable you know people want stability especially when you're dealing with you know situations like the korean situation or any kind of of uh, war footing that, that basically he's helping promote. But, uh, you know, getting back to health care, uh, you know, this is another thing that uh, Tom Price was talking about uh, when, when he was saying he was on uh, Fox and Friends the other day, and he was asked about the part of the Republican bill that widens the possible ratio of premium prices between the, the young and old. Right now, it's three to one, basically, you know, when you're in between your 50s to 65, uh, it's a three to one ratio. Uh, you can charge it you know, three to one to, for people, let's say, in their, in their teens and in their 20s. Now, this is going to go up to five to one under this AHCA plan. And even Steve Ducey uh, said, we're going in the wrong direction. And here's Price's uh, claim. He says, well, it's pricing for what individual's health status is. And that's important to appreciate. Somebody's going to pay for health insurance for the American people. And now the question is, how do you do that? And right now we're seeing that the current plan doesn't work. I mean, a, lie, a total lie. Because you've got 20 million individuals out there saying, nonsense, I'm not going to participate in this process. Well, I mean, the 20 million people, you know, I agree, they should be having health insurance. And, you know, a lot of them, it's, they're still, I mean, uh, I mean, a lot of them still just don't have enough money and they do get waivers so they don't have to pay the fee. Now, if you're making, you know, even a small amount of money, you know, you have, for the states that have Medicaid expansion, you know, you're able to get insurance that way. Uh, also, if you make you know small uh, amount of money, you can get the subsidies in all 50 states. And so, you know what he what he's saying is he's just omitting the fact that what is it 23 million people have insurance because of the ACA, and also, yes. uh, you know the the in, uninsured rate is lower than it's ever been ever history, you know, as a percentage. And so, I mean, you know, he's just, you know, he's putting this negative spin, this false spin, 
you know, and the the truth is, and I'm just so glad. You know, I mentioned all the the people on your Thursday show. You know, March of Dimes and all the hospital organizations and the uh, AARP and all the medical associations. They're all against this. Every one of them is against this bill. And uh, you know, it's it's unbelievable. Only the plutocrats. Only you know the Club for Growth and uh, Heritage Foundation and uh, Americans for Prosperity and all the all the different organiz- right wing organizations that want to have uh, more income inequality. They want the rich to get richer. It's the reverse Robin Hood. You That's know, the rich get. Rich get richer, the poor get poor. Now they're saying, you know, you're not going to have insurance. But again, I, I just want to emphasize that, you know, there's so many factors on this, and people think, well, I'm not in the ACA, and a lot of insurance companies. They're not really as interested in individual coverage because they make all their money on, from people with employer insurance. But this will have a big impact on employer insurance also. All of these essential benefits uh, aren't going to be uh, – if you're in a state that gets a waiver, they don't have to cover that, and that includes preexisting conditions. Uh, outpatient care, emergency care, hospitalization, maternity and newborn care, mental health, prescription drugs. They can cut out any of these. Anything. It's, yeah. it's deeper because now, you know, for all those people that think, well, I have employer insurance, I don't have uh, Obamacare or whatever, they miss the point because Obamacare protected their, their, their uh, employer insurance as well. Let me tell you what's a new thing that a lot of people didn't realize with the employer health care. Now, as it turns out, this bill gives carte blanche to large employers to cancel uh, your health insurance. In other words, they're saying, okay, big companies, you no longer have to provide insure health insurance at all if you don't want to. I mean, a lot of the big companies are likely going to keep it because they're invested in that for keeping your employees, but they don't have to do it. So, And also do remember that... Uh, your employer uh, insurance, things like the caps and rescission and all of that, Obamacare, in as much as you don't have the Obamacare policy, what you do have is the Obamacare protection of your policy. When he protects, when that law protected insurance policies, it didn't just support the policies on the exchange. It also supported every single healthcare policy that you that you are required to have right now, meaning your employer policy and everything else. So it is important for you to realize a lot of people are thinking, oh, this is not going to affect me. I get my, my employer health insurance through Exxon or Mobile or, or somebody else. You're, if, you're a, if you're a Trump voter, they are also screwing you. Okay, don't sit down there and thinking, well, it's those other people that are going to pay the price. And maybe I don't care so much about them. I mean, I don't know if you hear the story about uh, uh, one of the congressmen gave on TV was a heart-wrenching story. He said when, when the bill was done, when they passed the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, uh, he went to one of the protesters and the protesters, uh, he asked the protester, shouldn't you be happy? Now everybody has insurance. And the person, the, the, the person replied to him, if they can't afford insurance, they shouldn't have health insurance. Can you believe that? These are from the people who like to claim they're pro-life. These are from the people who like to claim that they are more moral than anybody else. These are the people that like to claim that they're Christians. Well, you know what? They are Pharisees and probably likely a lot worse than Pharisees, including the entire GOP delegation in the House of Representatives, less 20 of them. And that less 20 of them probably just simply read the tea leaves because they know, they know that the evil is coming. John? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's just, uh, I mean, I, I guess the, the one thing that I can, you know, feel good about is that, you know, the, 
that the resistance is still strong, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, you look at the Senate, the, and I, you know, I think it, there is a less than 50% chance that it, that it's going to go through the Senate. I mean, but, you know, again, we need to fight all we can. And I, I think that the point that you were making, that, and we've both spoken about this point many times, I think that that, that actually is is more likely is what what's going to happen because I mean even if even if it goes through the Senate I mean there right now there are about ten ten senators who have right. objections on various things I mean you have Rand Rand Paul Ted Cruz Mike Lee who oppose it from the right or at least have have questions about it from the right uh, you have. Uh, Susan Collins, you have Murkowski, uh, you know, dealing. They don't want to have the cuts to Planned Parenthood. You have uh, Cassidy uh, Caputo from West Virginia, uh, uh, Cotton. They're concerned about the the cuts to Medicare Advantage, and so if they can, I mean, they can only afford to lose three votes, and so those, you know, it's actually going to be, you know. you know, not quite as bad of a bill. I'm sure it's still going to be bad, but I mean, if if they do pass that, how are they going to get those Freedom Caucus people to 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 come to the center? You know, I'm di- I'm just saying, you know, this is going to be hard for them to pass. And if, me, the fact me, is, I I don't. Let, I'm I'm only frank. I'm I'm concerned about that. I don't think the free, I think the Freedom Caucus gives Trump what he wants. Okay, I do. Um, the, this bill isn't substantially different than uh, the bill before. The Freedom Caucus, I mean, a lot of people are saying, oh, the Freedom Caucus, they held out, it's a Freedom Caucus win. I don't know if that's the case. I think the Freedom Caucus, caucus caved. I mean, they gave $8.5 That is anathema to what they believe in. They allowed $8-something billion. They allowed, they allowed some language that made it seem like well, it'll be hard for the states to get a waiver and all that sort of thing. All of that is, you know, that's not a, that's, that is really the, the Freedom Caucus cave-in, something that gives a whole lot of bluster. So I am, I am very concerned that, in fact, whatever the Senate puts out will actually get a pass by the House. I honestly believe that. I think once it gets back to the Senate, all this fight that people are expecting to occur, I don't think it's going to occur. I think they'll, and that's why I think we have to kill it in the Senate. We can't allow a bill to leave the Senate because I think if a bill leaves the Senate, it's law. Yeah, I mean, perhaps you're right. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not saying 100% one way or 100% or the other. I mean, you know, when I was talking to Sam Cedar, I was concerned. I was actually saying kind of what you were saying because, you know, a lot of these so called moderates are really, you know, spineless people. You know, right. uh, I mean, they don't. I mean, they don't have core convictions. I, I do disagree with you a little bit on the on the uh, Freedom Caucus because I mean, you know, the Freedom Caucus, the, this this option, this state option to where you know they can opt out of this uh, essential benefit right. that wasn't in the original bill, and so that mm-hmm. that. You know, so I mean, that's what the Freedom Caucus wanted. That was their main thing. Is like, yeah, we wanted to make it to where people, you know, they they may not even, and we wanted to make it to the insurance companies, you know, won't even have to cover uh, essential benefits uh, in certain states. And you know, and those, and you know, you know what states they want to deal with. They want to deal with all the red states. You know, all the states in the South and the Midwest and the Interior West. You know, most of them who don't have. Uh, the Medicaid expansion right now, and right. so yeah, I mean, it, I agree with you. You know, we need to you know call people, try to fight it, try to kill it. But uh, I'm just saying, you know, if it doesn't pass, what 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 you're talking, which I think a higher percentage is, in my opinion, that it won't pass. Then we really need to focus on Trump because Trump is the one that's saying he's going to kill this. And right. uh, and so I mean this has already changed. The opinion has already changed. Uh, in March it was uh, basically you know 48 to I think it was 49 to 48 saying that uh, they would blame uh, the Democrats uh, if, if if you know for next year. And now you know as people have become more aware, it's like you know it's it, if the the sabotage does happen. You know, I think it was about 61% would blame Trump. 
you know, and, and the Republicans. And so, so, I mean, that's good. Yeah, but, John, I think, and, and you're absolutely right, I think all of us together, we have to, because the media is not doing it. I, I don't think they're giving near the coverage that's necessary about uh, the Obamacare sabotage that has probably already begun. And I think it's going to be incumbent upon us. And by the way, folks, that's why I tell you all the time to share these videos, to share these shows. The reason why is so that people can become educated and aware of what's really going on out there. Because, again, it, what's going to happen is the sabotage of Obamacare to, to put into people's psyche that somehow Obamacare is failing. Remember I tell you about being shackled in the mind. They know that many are shackled in the mind, and if you're shackled in the mind, you'll believe anything that they tell you. And what they want to do is they want to sabotage Obamacare and in the process, then come tell you. Thank you very much for sharing that, Bo Campbell. And also, folks, please share these things around the place. Now, and, and, and in, the process of, uh, in the process of sabotaging, they can then say, guess what? It's not working. It's not working. So we have to be out there. You know, maybe we need to start building memes. Trump and Price are sabotaging Obamacare. The price hikes for this, this year, blame Trump. Blame Trump. Trump is responsible for this. Blame Trump. It's important that we start. We don't wait for it to happen. We have to be proactive. That is what Republicans have always done. They were tearing up Obamacare before Obamacare even became law. And that is why Obamacare got started on the wrong foot. Uh, I mean, they, they had a narrative prepared and ready. As usual, Democrats have no real narrative. And, and you know, we need a cohesive, a cohesive, coherent narrative that people can take, throw off their tongue in 60 seconds continuously. If you take a look at some of the interviews these Republicans are doing right now to justify this draconian bill, we know it's crap that they're talking, but they have the narrative down. And even when people are asking them questions, they're not answering it. They're just pulling out, pushing out the narrative, pushing out the narrative, pushing out the narrative. And in doing so, people believe. So don't think that this draconian bill is going to stay in the dumpster like it is right now if we don't have a counterstop to the narrative that they're putting out with this bill right now, because that is what they're doing. They're out there praising this bill. They're out there setting the narrative. So, and by the way, and they're getting on TV to do it. So when the reporters are asking them questions, they're answering not the questions. They're speaking the narrative. That is how it works, folks. And Democrats are not doing that. Democrats are just answering questions. And we know that Republicans, are, or rather many of the reporters, are brain dead, except for a few like Ali Belshi, who doesn't take crap, many of these other reporters just allow things to occur. They allow the narrative to be spoken. So therefore, Democrats themselves need to learn how to talk to reporters, not to answer the reporters' questions, but to talk directly to the American people. What the Republicans are doing right now, they're talking to the American people. As bad as the bill is right now, they're talking to the American people. They're telling the American people what they want the American people to hear. Eventually, some of that is going to stick. And that 17% rate that we have for this bill is going to change. If we don't have the narrative right and explain to the American people that now when Obamacare comes into fruition, or rather, when the new bills come into Obamacare for what the new rates are going to be, if we are not prepared for that, Trump and those guys are ready with yet another narrative. This is why we need this fix. Because look at the rates you're going to be paying in 2018. We need this fix because of the rates you're going to be paying in, in 2018. And people are going to buy it unless we preempt them, unless we preempt the narrative with the truth, which is the sabotage has begun. We have to stop the sabotage and we have to put the blame of the sabotage now. And we have to tell people what are going to be the results of the sabotage, which is going to be higher rates for them higher, uh, lower, lower uh, services, and all the like. It is important that we get smart now. And the Democrats, as usual, as usual, they're failing. John, give me a closing. 
Well, I mean, I, I agree with much of what you're saying, but I mean, I, I will say that, you know, we're going to get a CBO score soon, and the CBO, that's going to be incredibly negative for the Republicans. And another thing is, you know, CBO says they're not going to they're not going to score junk insurance as an actual policy. And right. so all of these, you know, I mean, that's going to have a real detrimental effect on on how they could uh, possibly, you know, what the score is going to be and how many people are going to actually not going to be covered. And so, you know, I, I think that – I mean, I, I agree with you totally that we need to be focused more – I mean, and the media needs to be focused more on uh, the sabotage aspect. And one thing with the sabotage – is that you know you're talking about higher premiums what like medica is talking about is actually not having an option not having an option at all in 94 counties in Iowa even if you even if you're an individual there won't be an option there won't be an option at all and so i mean in in you know i mean to a degree this is going to make it easier you know, for people to understand that Trump did this, but you're right. You're right. It has to be. We have to keep put on continual pressure, and you know, as activists, we have to be talking about this because the media is not giving this a lot of attention. So you're absolutely right about that. So give me a closer, John. All right, good show. Really enjoyed. You know, speaking to you the last three days. Uh, this is, you know, it's it's a, it's a it's a sad day, but it's also a cry to. For activism, and it's also puts things in perspective. This is, you know, this is not. This is just about uh, people hurting people who need it the most for the greed of the people who already have the most. You know, and the tax, the tax cuts that are going to be uh, put in place for the rich. You know, uh, are, are just you know awful. And the fact that that people are going to lose their health insurance, like you said, you know, people, you know, millions of people are going to die if this is put into effect. And also, you know, you know, thousands are going to die if Trump uh, kills this through sabotage, you know, in the short term. So, I mean, we need to be looking at both angles of this. And, and uh, you know, I am glad for all the activists out there. Keep it up. And I'm glad for all the, the the medical people and all the the the, the hospital organizations because they're being honest about this. And uh, so I've just enjoyed your show. Keep going to BertoWillies.com and uh, love your coverage about this. Thank you so kindly, John. Thank you for so kindly. Thank you also for always being a part of the d- discussion, a part of the discourse, because I think it is very important. And to all my listeners, both on both on uh, Facebook Live and on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so kindly for being here with us. We have a lot of work to do. One of the reasons I'd like all these things spread widely, at the the beginning of this show, we spoke about worth. We spoke about asserting everybody's worth. We spoke about people feeling worthy within themselves, unshackling their minds to ensure that they feel safe to go out there and fight the good fight, to go out there and continuously call their congressperson in the case now, we need to keep calling those congresspersons, but we also need to continuously call the senators. The two, everybody is responsible for two senators in their own state. It is important that you continue that. It is important that you call them every day. It is important that you tell them that you do not want the AHCA. It is important that you tell them that you will be voting those out that are coming up for election in 2018, irrespective of their values, if they ever, ever work with or attempt to pass the AH. Very important that they know that it's not just a whole bunch of left-wing Democrats that want this stuff gone. They need to know it as Republicans. They need to know it as Trump voters. They need to know it as anarchists. They need to know that it's every single flavor of American ideology that, that has no desire for this. Yes, in the future, we want to have single-payer health care, Medicare for all. But right now, right now, the fight is to maintain what we have until we can grow into having what every other major industrialized countries have. Thank you so kindly for spending this time with me. Uh, we're, we'll be back next week again, but do remember to ch- also chime in or tune in to our 
show on KPFT 90.1 FM in Houston on air, but you can also watch the show on Facebook Live, or you can watch the show at uh, the site kpft.org, or you can watch the show, or you can listen to the show. We in every option, iTunes, every it's everywhere that you that you go. But also, I want to urge you share it. That is the way we are not going to have the media doing the work for us any longer. We need to share these these bits of information. Our fellow citizens see it so that they can make educated choices. Thank you so kindly. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. You guys have a wonderful rest of the week. <laughs>